Hey, it's Jim and Carrie, and as you probably know, we are big theme park goers. Carrie's been to almost every Disney park in the world. Everyone but Shanghai, and that's changing in September of this year. That's right. Later on, something to look forward to with the best trip ever. We are going to Asia, so we will go to Disneyland Shanghai and also Hong Kong and to cover some other things. That's coming up later on this year. But right now, we want to talk about the D23 announcements. D23, the big Disney convention where they unveil a lot of projects, movies, and other things that are coming. And we want to talk about some of the announcements that they made for the Disney theme parks that are coming up in 2018 and the next few years. Absolutely. And we do want to clarify, we were not there. We have not attended D23. It's something we haven't done. We've had plenty of friends that have, but we did not attend. (laughs) Matter of fact, if you're watching this on YouTube, our pictures come from our friend, the Heinrichs, who did the, who do the Heinrich tailgater. If you're a fan of Oregon State Beaver football, they do uh, illegal participation with the Heinrich tailgater is their podcast. So uh, listen to Heine and Beege and it's a good show. Most definitely. And these guys are super Disney fans. They've been to all the Disney parks in the world. They just did a nice Asia trip a couple months back, and they had front row uh, location at D23 all weekend. So uh, we're getting some of this information from them and some of the assets from them, but be sure to check it out. And they were also, for a while, when we were Club 33 members, they were uh, Club 33 members with us, or we were with them, I guess. Correct. We were all part of the same group and had some great travels together. And if Disney is listening to this, uh, we are family. Uh, Jessica's my (laughs) sister. Anyway, let's get to the good stuff. Uh, Let's talk about the major announcement that everyone is talking about. We now have a name for the Star Wars lands that are going at Disneyland and down in Florida at the Walt Disney World Resort. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I think geeks all over the world are in heaven. Everyone from 3 to 93, if you even have a slightest interest in Star Wars, this is going to pique your interest. I have seen people commenting on this that I didn't even know had an interest in theme parks, and they are jazzed to go. I think it's a good name. It's not too long. I always thought that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter was too long a name that people were not really going to use. I think you need a name that's short, that gets to the point, that describes what it is. And I think Star Wars Galaxy's Edge makes sense. It's the land you're in before you take off in the Millennium Falcon or anywhere else out in the galaxy far, far away. But regardless of whether they call it the Galaxy's Edge or anything else, we're still going to call it Star Wars Land. Everything has to end in land when doing Disney. Come on, people. So people always call it Harry Potter land. They're going to call it Star Wars land. So call it what you want, but just make sure you get a plan for 2019 to go. It looks pretty fun. It looks like it's got some aspects of uh, Tatooine. It looks like it's got some aspects of uh, Dagobah. It looks like it's got some aspects of Cloud City and a lot of different scenes that we've seen in Star Wars. And I think it could be could be a lot of fun. Let's let's talk about the two major rides. We now have some more details on those. The first one is you get to ride the Millennium Falcon. And I I have mixed feelings on this. 
Oh, I'm sure that once you get on board, you're going to be thrilled. But I think we're both kind of going in with a little trepidation that please don't make this another simulator where I have to wear sun, where I have to wear glasses. I'm so tired of wearing 3D glasses on rides. Let's get some creativity out there and try something different. Now, I'm sure that this will be neat, and I'm sure it'll probably have a lot of aspects, sort of like uh, Pandora does down in Florida. You know, they're trying to take those simulators to the next level, but... A lot of our friends who know us know that we're big Disney fans and they think that we drink the Kool-Aid all the time and that's that's just not the case. And as you listen to this podcast in particular, the one thing that both of us are frustrated with is simulator rides. Um, you know, I think Boring. I'm so <laughs> tired. I think it happened. I think our tipping point for us was a couple of years ago. We were down at Universal and Universal for since, I don't know, since 2001, 2000, no, it was 99, I take it back, 99, when Islands of Adventure opened up, and they had the Spider-Man ride. And the Spider-Man ride at the time was groundbreaking and amazing. And the Spider-Man ride has been a little too influential, because in the exact same park, there's a Transformers ride now, 15 years later, and it's literally the exact same ride, just with a Transformers movie. I think the track was even the same. We were at Universal Orlando, that let's try out a new ride. About five minutes into it, I looked at Jim, and I said, mm. I am so bored. And I've never said that on a ride. I've never even said it on Small World. I love that ride. But the Transformers ride was boring. I couldn't wait for it to be over. I remember when I was a kid, I was thinking to myself, audio animatronics are going to get so awesome, and I cannot wait for that time. And now, just like we've seen in Pandora, audio animatronics are awesome, but there's been a pattern lately where you get like one awesome animatronic character that is really cool, and the rest of the ride is all screens, and that gets frustrating. And looking at the Millennium Falcon, I get it. In this particular ride, it does need to be a simulator, but I worry that it's going to be too much like the original Star Tours ride. And so I'm sure it's going to be cool, but I do have my concerns about the rides at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Well, one thing we do know is Disney's great on theming, so I'm sure the land itself is going to be gorgeous. I'm sure every attention to detail, and of course, as we all know, every single place to buy more and more merchandise, both coming out of the rides as well as entering the land, you are going to be able to geek out to your heart's content with your shopping of Star Wars merchandise. I think my favorite ride is the one that uh, where you walk out into the gift shop. And they take your picture and sell it back to you? That is my favorite ride. That's the best one. So there's also a new dark ride that's going to be there that they haven't announced the name yet, but it's a battle. You ride in the cart. They did show the car that you ride in, and it's a battle between the First Order and the Resistance. And again, I have some concerns that it's going to be more like Spider-Man and less like Pirates of the Caribbean. But I think what we saw down in Pandora will be indicative of what we could see here for that for that dark ride. Uh, speaking of things to buy, you know, yeah, there will be tons of merchandise, tons of cool shops. I imagine that Galaxy's Edge will look not unlike sort of a Star Wars version of Diagon Alley. Absolutely. And I wouldn't be surprised because Disney's really good on mixing their merchandising with costuming for for children and adults. So you know how you have the pirate dress up, you've got Bippity Boppity Boutique. I wouldn't be surprised if they opened up a section where you could end up getting... Uh, into a character so getting the paint getting the hair getting the the costume 
at a very steep price. But again, I know nothing about this. I just think looking at what Disney's been doing in recent theme park adjustments and changes, this is the new trend that we're going to dress you up and you're going to pay, you know, $300 for it and you're going to love it. Right. Your daughter will dress up as Ray. Your kid can be Finn or Kylo Ren or Han Solo or Luke Skywalker or or Princess Leia or what have you. But yeah, they absolutely will have some sort of boutique experience. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't put it past them. And good for them if they can sell it because they've been adding more and more of those kind of experiences, especially at Disneyland, even in downtown Disney. Now they have one. There's also going to be some restaurants and there will be a cantina. And one of the more unusual announcements they made was that Captain Rex, who was the pilot for the original Star Tours, I'm still getting used to my programming, who was voiced by Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman. I wonder if they're going to bring him back. But Captain Rex is going to be the DJ in one of the cantinas. Where you can purchase your blue milk. And I can't wait to see the theming because this is where Disney, if they choose to do so, they can go over the top with their creativity. And I really hope they do because that's such an epic scene in the Star Wars movies that I think that if they just step it up, it'd be well worth the price of admission just to even dine there. I don't understand why the cantina needs a DJ because they're just going to play that same song over and over again. Just like it's... Yeah, so... Anyway, you know that it's going to be all out. You know that it's going to be very crowded. That's one question I do have is are they going to have to have reservations for Galaxy's Edge because there's going to be so much demand to get in there at first? Well, hopefully by then they're going to have some sort of fast pass and advance like they've got magic bands because most definitely they have them in Walt Disney World. So I would think there's going to be some promotion. But one thing is for sure, if Disney's adding more, you know your price of admission is going to be going up too. I would also anticipate much like Harry Potter with the wands, there will be some sort of quest where you go around and point your lightsaber or some sort of device at screens there's going to be some sort of quest style thing i think that's that's a that's another trend i think we can expect yeah disney's been doing that for a couple years with like a a magic card where you go around but those they haven't really had to sell to you so the chance that they could sell you a lightsaber so you have to go on with it it's just adding to the the merchandise sales that Disney's so good at. And also, I understand that BB-8 and Kylo Ren will be featured. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm, I would I would anticipate that a lot of the picture areas that they have that are in Tomorrowland right now will probably shift over to Galaxy's Edge. And much like with you can meet Star-Lord and Baby Groot this year from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you will then be able to meet like some sort of audio animatronic BB-8 that rolls around and talks and interacts and does all of those things and then along with Kylo Ren and probably other Star Wars characters. So you're telling me more time in lines for photo opportunities that again that Disney will be happy to sell back to you with their photo pass. Great idea. Yeah I mean a lot of the speculation it's really not hard to guess on because we've seen so much of it in the past. Yeah, I mean, we're just doing this totally off past experience. We spent a lot of years going to a lot of theme parks around the world, and there seems to be kind of a mainframe that theme parks follow, and this seems to fall right into it. Well, let's move on to plans for across the way at Disneyland, Disney's California Adventure. And we've seen a lot of this. When when California Adventure first opened, it was not very well received. And one of the things that they did was add a lot of Pixar characters because Pixar was new and hot at the time. And they're just continuing that trend as Paradise Pier is going to be rebranded and reskinned and renamed the Pixar Pier with characters from The Incredibles, Inside Out, and of course, 
Wars Toy Story. Yeah, and I'm a big Pixar fan, so I'm looking forward to this. And I think that, again, this is where Disney can use its creativity with Pixar. I'm sure it's going to be John Lasseter's pet project because he loves any time he can use his Pixar characters. So I'm interested to see how they do this. What I can't figure out is right now they currently have their little Toy Story land with the, the Bugs land and that section. They have Cars land. And if they're wanting to turn the pier into Pixar pier, there's kind of a gap in the middle that's not Pixar. Are. So are they going to turn that whole food cart area and retheme it? Because Disney's really good at that when you step into one land, you stay in that land. But right now there's kind of a gap in the middle of it. Is Ariel's Grotto going to stay there? Because she's not a Pixar character. I'm not sure how they're going to have two separate Pixar areas and they're not really linked together. So that's my big personal question mark. Well, also, do they retheme California Screamin'? as a Buzz Lightyear coaster, for example, or or some other character that I can't think of off the top of my head so it uh, is more seamless with Paradise Pier. And Mickey's Fun Wheel, they just rebranded that less than five years ago when they went through the California Adventure rebrand. Is that going to become... The Incredibles wheel, is that going to be, you know, you just wonder what's that going to be? Because Mickey doesn't really sit in the middle of Pixar. I mean, they're the same company, but again, Disney doesn't really like their their lands to cross over. So I'm not sure how they're going to work with that. They've got the world of color and that's perfect because you can put whatever you want in that and that'll be a really nice thing to have. And I think they'll do a lot of creative things with that. But again, I can't figure out the linking between the different sections of Pixar all in the same park. Well, it sounds like World of Color may be uh, going away shortly because announced for 2018 at California Adventure is Pixar Fest. And so they'll have a Pixar's fireworks display, which more than likely would replace World of Color, I would think. Yeah, one would think. I know it's been really popular, but maybe that's going to be a redesign for that whole section. But that's a big piece of of real estate that they've got and with that lake. So who knows? It's just pure speculation. But I'm sure Disney's obviously got a game plan. And we'll all be surprised because they do like to let a little bit of information out, but they also like to keep you wondering. And it wouldn't take much to transition paint or uh, the colors into uh, Pixar because you just change what's being projected on the water and you change the fireworks and the music. I don't think it would take too much to rebrand yeah they do that a lot when it comes to seasonal i mean they have the holidays they have halloween they have 50th anniversary 40th anniversary whatever anniversaries and it's pretty much an easy flip of the switch for them with technology and again then they go ahead and they sell you a new set of mousers that are interactive they're also bringing back the Paint the Night Parade, which I believe is going to have more of a Pixar focus this time around. Yeah, that one. I liked that parade. It wasn't my favorite because I'm kind of an old school, love the the electrical parade. But a lot of people really enjoyed that, and it ended up better than I expected. And anytime that you can have a parade, it means you're going to keep people in the parks longer, and you get more opportunities for them to spend money and dine. And that also makes it a little bit later our park because that one doesn't tend to stay open as late as Disneyland on the weekends. Uh, so you mentioned uh, John Lasseter's favorites. Uh, one of his favorites, as everyone knows, is Cars Land. And now they're getting into the uh, the Halloween thing that uh, so many of their parks have done so well, Universal in particular. And it's going to be Hall, as in like a U-Haul, Halloween at uh, Cars Land. That actually would be kind of intriguing to me because I think that 
As far as lands are concerned, I think Cars Land is the best one at night. I love the lighting. I love the Route 66 and all the neon. So I would guess they're going to have a lot of really great creativity and attention to detail. I also like going there during the Christmas holidays. Who knew that you could take air filters and turn them into a tree? So it will be fun to see what they come up with with the Halloween decorations. And they've gone full bore into that. Halloween's become almost as popular as the Christmas holidays when it comes to attractions and doing the added tickets. So they have their Mickey's Not So Scary at Walt Disney World or the Mickey's Halloween Party at Disneyland. And those are always additional media tickets. Those aren't included with your regular price. So I'm not sure how they're going to do that Halloween if it's just going to be an added value that's included but i'm sure that they've got it all figured out another announcement that was made was not many details but marvel the marvel superhero universe is going to be coming to california adventure and it sounds like they're going to be doing some more themed rides yeah i'll be interested to see how that comes out it almost reminds me of universal's islands of adventure where it was a whole land that was just superheroes, and now that Disney has that, I feel like they're almost going to kind of copy-paste and dump that in, but on a higher scale. So I can't even fathom how that's going to fit in with everything else. And eventually you run out of real estate. It's not like Disney World where you've got, you know, 44 square miles of land. You've only got so much room in Anaheim to work with. I'm curious if that means that they're going to be bringing um, the uh, Iron Man ride from Hong Kong somewhere in california see to me personally the obvious move to make is to star tours since it's outside of star wars galaxy's edge turn that into into uh, marvel and into iron man and then you know the millennium falcon ride is going to be dramatically similar it's got to be similar to star tours right now so to me that makes sense but i wouldn't be surprised if if it's california adventure or somewhere if they decide to to bring the uh, the marvel captain america or uh, iron man simulator somewhere to california yeah and once they get that you know simulator figured out it's just a real estate spot they just have to figure out where to kind of drop it in and they're pretty good about that and again more merchandise so with marvel and pixar coming to california adventure You know, now suddenly Grizzly River Rapids seems sort of out of place, as does Soren right now. And I wonder, do you theme California Adventure now as a a movie park? Do you give it a whole new name? I just, it just seems like right now it's just sort of this weird mishmash of of different characters and themes. Yeah, and they it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I would give it the movies because it does have the new theming in the last five years of the 1928 when Walt first moved to Hollywood. They redid that whole section and made it of that genre. I can't figure out how, like you were saying, how Soren works out, how Grizzly River Rapids fits in. I guess you can kind of make the Little Mermaid ride work. That's fine. But you've also got that giant climbing structure for kids that's over by Grizzly River Rapids. And whether or not you keep that or take that out, I know it burns a lot of energy for kids, but it's not one of those that's an attraction for all. So do you take that out and use that space? It's a big question mark. They also have the space that's out back by the Hyperion Theater, which is where the um, Muppet 3D would be. And that I've always kind of be kind of a dead area. They put in a Monsters Incorporated dark ride there. They've put other rides over the years. They do after hours. They call it their dance parties. I feel like that's a piece of dead space that they could really use utilize for something good 
And also the spot over by the, uh, is it the Goofy Coaster? That uh, sort of Mad Mouse Coaster. I feel like that's another dead area that they could definitely develop and could use some new life. Yeah, I think some of those that were original when they opened California Adventure, there, you know, would not be a bad thing for them to kind of go away. Because when they opened, they did quite a few of those off-the-shelf rides that were just generic like the Zephyr and the Jelly Jumps and a couple of those other ones that they would not be lost. No one would miss them because no one has a real affinity and says, gosh, I really want to ride the Zephyr. You know, that's what I'm thinking of. They think of other things that are more specifically Disney and not generic. Yeah, I do feel like we're in a transition for California Adventure, and I feel like it's going to get a new name or a new brand in the next few years, but that's just speculation. Instead of being the secondary park where you go when Disneyland's too busy, so you have to go stall at California Adventure, it may be the first stop on your trip when you're at Disneyland in the day, as opposed to the second later in the afternoon attraction area. Well, and particularly since it has a lot of the Pixar, and if it's going to have Marvel, I think maybe it could be a a park that's more popular for kids who are in between, who are too old for for Fantasyland, but maybe still a little short for, for some of the big rides. I could see it being sort of a park for kind of that age. Yeah, if they do the height restrictions on it, I think that could work out really well. And that could also make it that it's a family park for all ages, too. So maybe the little ones are over in Flick's Fun Fair, and you're taking your, you know, eight or nine-year-old over into the other set of Pixar, and you're doing other attractions and rides that maybe the little ones are not tall enough to ride. I'll have to keep an eye on California Adventure and see what uh, what the future holds. Uh, heading to Florida, uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, um, which is going through the Star Wars renovation right now, and they're making a change that does not make me happy. The great movie ride is going away, The one of the original rides, maybe the only one that's still left over from the beginning. Is that, was, was Ariel the uh, Little Mermaid uh, theater, was that still there? I think that might have still been there. I think that this is one of the originals. It is one of the originals, yeah. but is it the, I don't think it's the last one. It's one of the last couple, if yeah. it's not the last one, but it's one that makes me sad that after August 13th, It will be gone because that is one of the rides I always ride. I never get tired of it. It's sweet. It makes you smile. It takes you back to a different place and movies. And a lot of these movies are not even ones that I've seen. They're long before my time. But then I see Mary Poppins and then I see even snippets of different movies. And I think, gosh, I've got to go make sure I'd like to rewatch that movie again. And I'm so sad that we are not going to get to ride it again because we don't have time to get down there before the middle of August. So sadly, goodbye to the great movie ride. I always thought that they could reskin that ride and just put in new movies. You know, they've got the new Mary Poppins that's coming out. They could do something with that. I mean, you could put in all Disney properties and be very successful. Replace Alien with Star Wars. You could do a lot of different things and just update the movies. But alas, no, uh, they're replacing it with something called Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I just can't even, you know, figure out. I'm supposed to be wonderful, but my biggest thing is they've already taken away the skyline a couple of times with taking down the giant sorcerer's hat. Now, you're used to seeing the man's Chinese theater. How is that going to visually change when you look down the Hollywood and Hollywood way when you first come into the park? It's changing the whole look of the park, even from the entrance. Now, they say that this is going to be 2.5D instead of 3D, and they're Really talking about, oh, this is such a challenge and it's game changing. It's one of the most impossible things that we've ever done. They're really loading it on heavy when they're talking about this ride. But 
I don't know. I, for one, just think it's. it sounds to me like it's probably going to be some set pieces and a lot of screens because you're going to be in a Mickey and Minnie Disney short is the theme. And that just says to me, screens, and that doesn't make me happy. Exactly, because that's one of the great things about the, the great movie ride was that it was audio animatronics and you were seeing the characters and it wasn't screens. And there are there different scenes where there's a cowboy and cowboy western shootout where there's actual characters. It's interactive with the, with the ride vehicle. So I just don't know how this is going to work. They keep saying no glasses, no glasses, two and a half D, no glasses. But I am having a hard time believing that. Plus, again, here we go again with watching yet another screen. And that's a big piece of land they've got. So that could be a lot of screens to have to watch. And it reminds me of, if you've been to Epcot lately, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids isn't running. And they've had a uh, Disney film festival. They show just a couple of different uh, shorts there. And one of the shorts that they show, uh, it looks like an old time, like Steamboat Willie style feature. And then all of a sudden it breaks through and it's color and the characters are interacting in and out of the screen in color and in black and white and different things. And it's pretty funny and pretty surprising. I will give that movie that. And I feel like that may be the inspiration for this runaway railway. Yeah, I'm just not sure what scope they're having this attract to. Are they looking at an older clientele? Are they looking at smaller kids that maybe are enjoying more animated films? Or are they trying to do this for all? Because Mickey and Minnie cartoons aren't something that are very, you know, contemporary in this day and age. It's definitely a different generation. So are they trying to bring it back with more technology? That's the question mark out there. Well, they have brought back some Mickey shorts on the afternoon and kind of reimagined them. But I feel like that's such a stylistic way to draw them that it's going to be a fad and... I don't know. I, I have my concerns about the, the ride and this direction, but I, I really feel strongly that it's too late now, but I feel strongly that they should have just added different movies and different animatronics because Disney has such a back catalog of movies and some great memories. And some movies don't warrant their own ride, but would be great for a scene in a new great movie ride. But alas, we're getting Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So what's going to happen to all the hand and footprints that are out in front of the Chinese theater? Where are they going to move those to? Hmm? They'll probably just cut them out and just stick them in a warehouse somewhere. <laughs> Sell them. Yeah. <laughs> Check your local Mickey eBay in the near future. The other thing that's happening uh, next year, the summer of 2018, is that Toy Story Land is going to open. And looking at the pictures, this looks a lot like the Toy Story Land that is the, the Disneyland Paris Studios uh, that we saw. which And Hong Kong as well. Yeah, and Hong Kong as well, which are just pretty much off-the-shelf rides with with Disney theme, with Pixar themes. Not unlike Flick's Fun Fair at California Adventure. Yeah, I mean, it's cute, but really it would be the same rides that you're going to find at any fair. But again, it's themed for something else. So it's fun. I mean, the parachute drop, you're supposed to be the Green Army Men. We've done a couple of them. Um, it's cute. I mean, it great. If anything, I actually like it the most because it's great photo opportunities. Because all the spelling is in building blocks and whatnot. I really liked being able to stand next to a giant Mr. Potato Head. 
head when I was in Hong Kong and do selfies. But it's very much, I mean, they've already done it twice, so it's got to be just as easy to add it on to a couple more theme parks because their creativity doesn't have to be there. It's almost identical. Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, basically what it's going to be, it's going to be the MGM or the Disney Hollywood Studios version of their fantasy land rides for little kids but it's going to be pixar themed exactly they've got a lot of space when they close down the cityscape at the studios to fill in and so you know you might as well add some attractions for the little kids and you know kind of take some of the the cluster off what's going to be very crowded which is star wars and have other lands to go to during the backlog Heading to Magic Kingdom in Florida, one of the announcements that I'm excited for and one of the things that I'm excited to ride when we get to Shanghai later this year and one of the rides that was a big attraction in Shanghai is now coming to Florida. It's the Tron Light Cycle Power Run Coaster and that looks awesome. I can't watch that one online. One of the things I don't do before I ride it, I go to a theme park because I won't ride it and look at it online. I can't cheat. So Jim takes a peek at what attractions and what the rides are like. but I Sometimes. Sometimes, but I really like a surprise. So I've tried to keep my eyes closed on this one because I'm super excited to ride it, but I don't want any, I don't want any giveaways before I get there. So they're going to put it between Space Mountain and the Tomorrowland Speedway down in Florida again at uh, Magic Kingdom and it opens in 2021 and it's going to be great I'm sure. Oh yeah you can really tell that Walt Disney World is gearing up for the 50th that is the year to watch which is also my 50th it's kind of scary to think but they are adding these giant attractions that are opening in 2021 and this is going to be a draw. I think this one's really going to fit into that land and that space really well because it's kind of a dead zone. It's just kind of a walking path. There's nothing back there. And they're also giving them an opportunity that they're not going to take away Autopia, but they're going to make some adjustments to it. And there's even rumors that they're going to get the cars from um, Hong Kong Disneyland because they're not keeping their Autopia cars and they're sending them over to Walt Disney World. So it'll be interesting to see the changes that are made. But the Tron Cycle would fit in really well there. There's the perfect amount of space for it and the theming all kind of goes together one of the surprising announcements and i'm curious to see how this is going to fit but there was an announcement of a new broadway style theater that's going to be on main street usa of all places yeah i can't figure out where it's going to sit i tried to look at us at a map of where it's going to be back behind the confectionery I understand why they're putting in because they've had huge success with the Hyperion Theater at Disney's California Adventure, with the Aladdin Show, which is now um, switched over to Anna and Elsa. And it's kind of nice to be able to cool off on a hot day and go and see a a Broadway quality production. So I see what they're going to do, but it just seems like, again, real estate wise, how is it going to fit in and how is it going to change the site life? Because the first thing you see when you come onto Main Street USA is, You've really got to look about it, but and if you're adding a large structure, I'm not sure it's going to how it's going to change with the scale of everything. But obviously, Disney knows what they're doing. I also wonder how much shopping that's going to take out of the area and what it's going to cost them in that regard. That's true. Or they'll just have another gift shop inside the theater. It's supposed to be inspired by Kansas City's Willis Wood Theater. It looks gorgeous. I'm excited to see it either way. Yeah, everything we've ever seen production-wise, both in the theme parks as well as Disney productions outside the theme parks has been over-the-top quality, so I know that one will be good. Heading over to Epcot, uh, no surprise here, coming to the France Pavilion area. 
from uh, Disneyland Paris, where it's been very popular, Ratatouille the Adventure, that uh, theme park ride. Fantastic, because they have desperately needed some additions into the World Showcase at Epcot. They recently redone Malastrom for Anna and Elsa's in Norway, but the rest of that area just needed a bit of a facelift, needed some pizzazz, so this will be well-received, and I'm really happy to see that they're putting in something new, and it brings more of a draw, because I would say that that's probably one part of the park we don't always go to, because we feel like we've seen the movie in France, we've eaten at the restaurants, and other than the gray gray goose slushies that they sell out on the carts, there's really been no reason for us to go back to France. Yeah, right across from France, there's a little uh, <laughs> cart there where you can buy uh, Grey Goose slushes, little Slurpee-style drinks that have uh, booze in them. And there's one that's Grey Goose, and there's one that's uh, Orange Citron, and they're both delicious. Yeah, that's our little uh, cooling-off period. But in the meantime, at least it's nice to know that something new is going to come in, a new ride, and that's going to really be a nice addition to the area. I haven't ridden it yet. I know it does have some screens, which does annoy me, but it's a forced perspective ride where you ride through its trackless and you have the perspective of being Ratatouille or one of the rats in the movie, so everything's giant. And so that looks like it could be really cool. So I'm looking forward to that coming to France. Also, there's going to be a new film for the China Pavilion. Yeah, that should be great. I don't know the last time we actually went into the pavilion and watched the movie. It's been a really long time. We've dined at the restaurant there. We've seen some of the the acrobatics outside, but that'll actually be a draw to go in and see what's going on in the latest and greatest. You know, Epcot is not unlike California Adventure in the sense that it's sort of this mix, this amalgamation of a lot of different themes and rides and styles and stuff. And I think it's going to get a new identity as uh, the next few years goes on because another thing that's closing on August 13th is Ellen's Energy Adventure, which was the old Exxon Energy Pavilion, and it's been Ellen for a number of years, but apparently that's going to go away, and in its place is going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. Yeah, that should be interesting. I'm kind of bummed Ellen's Energy Adventure is going away for my own selfish reasons, because when my feet are tired and it's really hot, that's like a 20-minute dark ride. I can sit down and kind of put my feet up, enjoy the ride, and cool off a little bit. So one of my afternoon breaks has always been to go to Ellen, so I'm hoping that now I have a good replacement at least. Yeah, I'm sure it won't be 20 minutes, whatever the attraction is. No (laughs) rides are 20 minutes anymore. Nothing is, sadly. Six minutes if you're lucky. But that should be good. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Uh, We've heard good things about the uh, new Guardians attraction at California Adventure, so I'm sure this will be an e-ticket-style ride. Um, Something that kind of surprised me, uh, Mission Space. Uh, They've added new films for Mission Space. Um, One is going to be green. Uh, They're going to have a green area where you go in, and that's going to be for families. And orange is going to be the most intense version. And I don't get that at all. I don't feel like Mission Space, am I riding the right ride? Because I feel like it's not intense at all. I don't feel it's intense. And I was there, literally, I was there for the world premiere of it that night. I rode it the night that it opened when they had the, the, it was closed to the public. It was fine, but after you've ridden it once or twice, you hit the fake button and you're kind of over it. I'll never forget that I came back from that trip and then you and I went a couple months later and I wanted you to see it and you were just kind of met about the whole thing. You thought that it did not live up to the hype and I don't know if we've ridden it since. People say that they get nauseous on it. I don't feel like there's anything to it. It's just another simulator 
And again, it takes up a lot of real estate. It's like watching television in a phone booth. I don't feel the G's <laughs> hardly at all. And then rather than having a full circle where you come back to Earth and then you open up your cockpit and you're back on Earth, you land on Mars and then you open up your cockpit and you're just back at the theme park. It, it's not a cohesive story. It's not good technology. It doesn't give you any sort of physical thrill. For me personally, Mission Space has been the biggest bust and the most disappointing ride for all of that money and all that theming. I, bleh, who cares? I'd rather ride Test Track five times over riding Mission Space one time. I just think it's a bust. Uh, they're also putting up a new uh, space-themed table service restaurant near Mission Space. This looks really interesting. I'll be. They don't have a lot of details on it, but they've got the space for it. And, you know, I think that Epcot's ready for a new sit-down restaurant. And if you're doing a whole space theme, they're going to be able to use a lot of creativity with both design as well as the food. So I'm excited because I think one of the highlights of dining at, uh, being at Epcot is the dining. And that'll be a new fun one. Also announced, speaking of space, is a new Star Wars-themed resort hotel. And again, Disney says that they've done nothing like this ever before. It's going to be an immersive experience with characters and storytelling and effects. And you know that this is going to be, this is not going to be uh, the sports resort or the movies. This is going to, this is going to cost you some money to stay at the Star Wars themed hotel. Oh yeah. If they're going full theme, my guess is it's going to be in its deluxe collection. So at a minimum, $400 a night. That's just even starting. And from what I was reading, they're saying everything even theming of the room down to your attire so costuming we've seen some sketches and it looks pretty fantastic but they'll it'll be popular and you know what they're gonna get exactly the price i hear a lot of people say disney charges too much it's not affordable for families you know they do have affordable options but if you want to do something that's so specialized you're gonna have to pay to play and i would guess it would sell out immediately you know, you see some of the Star Wars themed things in the kids area on the new Disney ships like the Millennium Falcon and things. Which you went and sat in for like an hour. I did when I had the opportunity. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there is probably a Millennium Falcon themed room and other different uh, themed areas as far as uh, some different lots and uh, sets on Star Wars. Can you imagine what they could do with the pool area? That could be a heck of a lot of fun. A lot of fun, so I think this will be this will be really cool. But again, if you want to go, it'll cost you. And I'm actually surprised that this is the first thing they do because I would expect at some point there'll probably be a princess themed hotel, and I think you're going to see, uh, you know, some more theming as far as uh, a list movies and some of their uh, you know top notch, top priced hotels. Yeah, I think that there's just such a such a focus on Star Wars right now that they figured this is their one opportunity to make a run for it since they're doing something big. Let's add the hotel. And it's going to appeal to multiple generations. It's going to appeal to the parents, the grandparents, the children, because so many people have spent the last 40 years with Star Wars that if it's your chance to sleep in, sleep at Star Wars, it's your chance, you're going to do it. And at no cost, at whatever the cost is, because some people do things it's considered to be a bucket list, a once in a lifetime. If you're going to go, just plan ahead. And once they open it, I would not be surprised. You'll probably be able to, you know, book it a year in advance and it'll sell out immediately. Also announced the Disney Riviera Resort, which is their, 
well, their 15th, 15th, 16th. 15th property. 15th yeah. new vacation club resort hotel. Yeah, they're going to have 300 units there. Any variety, I would imagine, from studios to two to three bedrooms. It's all part of their vacation club. You use your points. But it is also open for sale. More limited when it comes to staying at it. But they're doing kind of a whole south of uh, France, French Riviera theme on this one. Some uh, weird transportation options. Something called the Skyliner Gondolas which will connect guests at the Art of Animation, Pop Century, and Caribbean Beach with Disney Hollywood Studios and the Gateway at Epcot. These are kind of fascinating to me, especially because I always liked the old Skyway ride at Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom. But the fact they're bringing them back, it's not the fastest form of transportation. And I'm also interested to see how many people are going to fit into these gondola cars. Is it going to be four? Is it going to be 40? It's going to have to be a fairly large number. Otherwise, it's going to be really time consuming to get to the parks. Not only is it going to take a while, but if you're doing four or six at a time, you're not going to get a lot of people on, especially first thing in the morning. It'll become more of a novelty than an actual transportation source. Well, and how long are the lines going to be to get onto the gondolas as well? We've had to wait to ride the ferry boats and the monorails. I cannot imagine riding the gondola. Hey, but look, if it takes some people off of the existing transportation options and thins out some of the lines, it can't hurt. Exactly. And I am always up for trying something new. And if it's, you know, another way to kind of relax, put your feet up and get a great aerial view of the parks, go for it. And there's a new Uber style transportation, Lyft style. Um, It was probably only a matter of time until Disney did this. Uh, On property, they now have what they call minivans. My gosh, they're adorable. You know, mini's my favorite. So I love all things red and white polka dots. And so they have these minivans literally three rows they hold eight passengers and they're red and white polka dots just like Minnie Mouse's bow it's twenty dollars to take you throughout the park and I'll be interested to see how well that works out I'm sure they'll be popular and the only little thing I'm seeing right now is people are starting to be concerned about car seats and how do you get your car seats but I'm sure Disney's got that all figured out and a lot of people are complaining because uh, there's been issues with Uber on property but you know, I'm not surprised. Dis- the Disney, the Walt Disney Resort is private property, and it only makes sense that Disney wants to get as much money as they can. So, you know, of course they're going to have their own uh, ride-sharing type system instead of allowing Uber or Lyft on property. Yeah, Uber and Lyft, I believe I was reading, was about 7 to $8 to get anywhere on property. Disney can charge 20 and they will. So I wonder how long it's going to be before they ban Uber and Lyft from coming onto their property and utilizing it because why are they going to let competition come in for less when they can make more money it'll be interesting to see how this works because at the end of a really long day when you're waiting for one of the buses to come by and they come by and they're full and then you wait for another one and they're full and you've got strollers and your feet are tired it'd be much more convenient to just say forget it let's just pay the 20 bucks and be back at our hotel in less than 10 minutes it's a convenience factor and i think it's going to be well worth it and not unlike uber or lyft that are banned at certain airports because taxi cab companies have contracts and pay licensing fees to be able to use the airports you know if there's no licensing fee or something that Uber or Lyft or anyone else pays for Disney. You know, it only makes sense that Disney would want to edge them out. Oh, that's for sure. So that'll be kind of fun to watch. Plus, I just think that the vehicles are darn right adorable. They are pretty cute. I'm surprised <laughs> that you haven't painted our Subaru like that yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> tick tock, tick 
talk. Uh, there's a couple of quick notes here. Disneyland Paris has added a, a new hotel, Disney's Hotel New York, the Art of Marvel now, and they're going to theme it with Tony Stark and Iron Man and Spider-Man and all that stuff. I think that's actually a really brilliant idea. This is one of their deluxe properties at Disneyland Paris, and it's already had the 1920s Art Deco. So you overlay you know, your characters onto that with Tony Stark, who's got a real sleek look about it himself, and I think they're actually a perfect combination, and I'll be interested to see how that turns out. And that may get people that wouldn't always want to stay on a Disney property, but have a love of the superheroes that'll maybe tip the scales for them to stay on property. What about, you mentioned briefly, uh, the new Disney ships. What do you know about the new Disney ships? Well, they already had two ships coming out in, I believe, 20 and 21 or 21 and 22. And now they've had a third one. And it's going to be even larger than the um, fantasy and the dream that they've got coming out. None of these ships have names, but they're saying with the demand, they're going to be, you know, they're building them as fast as they can. And I know people are thinking that, oh, good, there's more ships coming out in the market, so that's got to bring the price point down. I wouldn't go off of that. They've got a demand at the current price point, so they price points. So there's no need to come down in price. Disney can charge what they want because they're getting it. Well, in Disney, the, the ships are so well-appointed. They're so well-themed. The service level is so great, and uh, you know so many of the restaurants and so many and the design of the ships. Uh, it's it's a really pleasant uh, cruising experience versus uh, many other cruise lines. Well, it's very innovative. Disney was the first one to come out with their all rotating dining. You switch dining rooms each evening. You get to experience different dining rooms, and your waiter comes with you. So he or she is with you each night at dinner. So depending on the length of your cruise, you either eat in the each dining room one to three times, depending on the length. They have things where they don't nickel and dime you with things like with their partnership with Coca-Cola. Your Coke products are included. So instead of having another cruise line selling you their soda pop cups for $20 a day or whatever it is for beverages, they're included on Disney. Their kids program on Disney is like unlike anything else in the industry. And as much as the other cruise lines try to keep up with them, they haven't been able to do it. They're the ones that came up with the water parks at sea and the roller coasters on the ship. And I've been noticing a lot more copycats coming out in the market right now. So just a couple of thoughts about some of the new Disney announcements. Uh, by the way, if you like the podcast, you can subscribe. We're on iTunes. So whatever you use to grab your podcast, just search for Best Trip Ever and we'll come right up and you can get the latest episode each and every time. So be sure to like and subscribe and to comment as well. You can follow me on social at Twitter at Jim Valley. Also, I'm on Instagram at underscore Jim Valley. And in case you didn't know, Carrie is a travel agent. She is the best. That's why we're able to travel so much and do so many cool things. So if you want to do cool things and uh, want to hook up with Carrie, how can they get a hold of you? Carrie at StellarTravel.com. And how do you spell that? K-A-R-I at Stellar, S-T-E-L-L-A-R, Travel.com. So... Talk to Carrie if you need anything. Follow us and be sure to like, subscribe, and make comments. And we'll see you next time. And we hope wherever you travel that it is always the best trip ever.